Welcome everyone to the fifth episode of Relentless Pursuit. We are talking about being established in the church today. And I'm super excited for this one because this one has, uh, this episode has a little extra um, room in my heart because the church has been so much to me. I grew up in the church. I fought my battles in the church. I cried in the church. It, everything in my life, the significance of my life happened. I met my fiance at the church. <laughs> um, and we will be getting married at a church. So it's it's the significance of so much in my life. And that's why it has such a big meaning to me. Um, so I'm talking about established in the church. And so uh, the scripture that I'm going to be referencing is Matthew 16. And it talks about, it's Jesus talking to Peter. And he says, you, Peter, from upon this rock, from upon this rock, you shall build my church. And there are many points I wanted to make on this. But I'm so I'm going to break it down uh, kind of piece by piece. And so I'm first going to talk about from upon this rock, you shall build my church. And and then we'll go to the next portion. Um, it's Matthew 16, 18. And so after 2020, after 2020 and the pandemic and everybody everything was kind of forced to close. It seemed like people would find any excuse not to attend a church building. They would say things along the lines is that I could have church at my house or, or I could I could have uh, churches. The building is not the only place where I can encounter God or they just didn't want to go to church because church wasn't in the Bible and they met at houses in the Bible. And the issue with that is, is that it's illogical. Like the logic behind those points just doesn't make sense to me. Because even if you were to break down these logically, uh, without the spiritual aspect of it, it wouldn't make sense because you're you're trying to bring a New Testament Christianity into modern society. And so during this time in the Bible, Christians weren't able to gather at a specific building because they were under persecution. If they had a building in Jerusalem, they the building wouldn't even have lasted by a week. If they ha- if they had gathered on on a specific day every single day at a specific time every single week at you know a, a specific building every they would have been killed. It would have been a slaughter. Because during this times, Christians were under so much persecution that if they were to gather in a building, the king of Israel would have killed them, the Pharisees would have killed them, the Sanhedrin would have killed them, the, the, the Jews would have killed them, let alone the Romans would have killed You had this line of people who would have killed the, 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 the um, New Testament Christians. And so if they were to meet into a building it just wouldn't work 
So logically speaking, they could not have met in a building freely. And that's why you had these churches like China does meet secretly in homes. You know, they would gather in in upper rooms. And they wouldn't meet in specific buildings. And so the second point I would make is that, yes, you can encounter God wherever you are. But at the same time, you cannot have church wherever you are. Because the word church in Greek means ekklesia. Ekklesia means the gathering of God's people. And so you can't gather God's people with one person. And so that already itself is, is, is discrediting that point you can have church wherever you are. And so the third point, God never intended you to do life alone. He had Adam, and so he made Eve. It, the, the one thing in the beginning, the one thing that God says was, was not good was for man to be alone. And so he was made woman. And so we have these points, and then it says, where two or three are gathered in my uh, in my name, I'm in the midst. It says that iron sharpens iron. So does a brother sharpen his brother. Or even in the beginning of the New Testament day church, the Pentecost, it, it, it talks about the 120 that were in the upper room. If there was just one in that room, it wouldn't have had the same impact or outpouring that it did. And so we make these these points. And logically, we can deduce that The church building is crucial to your development with God. And so now these three points builds up the logical aspect of this. But let's do the spiritual because the spiritual side of it is even more important. The Bible tells Peter, or I'm saying Jesus tells Peter, I guess kind of is the Bible, but I'm not going to get into that part. <laughs> tells Peter from upon this rock. So the reason why he says to Peter upon this rock you shall build my church is because he's talking about a specific rock. One, this rock that that is the foundation of our faith, the rock that was in the beginning and was the beginning, this rock that, that was the chief cornerstone that the builders rejected, this rock which is Jesus Christ. And so we have this rock which is the, the foundation, and then he says, Peter, you shall build my church. Well, what is he referring to? He's saying, Peter, when his name was Simon, but in this case, he said, Peter. Peter in Greek means Petros. Petros means little rock. We're doing some math because one plus one does equal two some, sometimes. So he's saying, you, the little rock, shall build my church upon the big rock, well, if the big rock is the foundation and the little rock is on top of it, we see this picture of just a, a small structure, a small, really insignificant thing. But if he's saying, gather the little rocks to build the structure of the, of the, the main um, church building, 
in, in, in other words, he's saying, you are going to build my kingdom here on earth. And it's not going to just be you, Peter. It's going to be the rocks gathering together and being formed on my foundation. And so then it says, the gates of Hades shall not prevail. That goes back to the point you're not doing life alone. Because when we are structured in order with the church, we will have the support and fortitude of not being blown away by the winds of life. When we are anchored in Christ and in his church, we have the covering of Christ. And underneath, okay, so so I view, I view the church as, as an umbrella. And... Uh, there's even this book that I highly recommend that kind of goes into this, and it's by John Bevere. It's called Undercover. But there's this umbrella. This is how I envision it. Envision it. There's this umbrella with Jesus Christ that is over everything. And then under that first umbrella, there's a smaller umbrella that then has pastors. Then under that umbrella, it's the church leaders and elders. Then under that umbrella, it's the congregation. And now, before I go forward, I don't want to downplay anyone's experience with church. If you've been church hurt, if you've been manipulated, if you if you um been mishandled in a way, taken advantage, hurt or offended by any church leaders or people of authority, I don't want to downplay what you went through, because I understand that there are different um, reasonings why people don't want to go to church. But let me tell you one thing. Though I have sympathy for you, I have news for you that you may have been hurt by a church, but that's not the church. You may have been hurt by a so-called Christian, but that's not all. that's not Christian's. Christians are Christ-like followers. The church is the body of Christ. And so I'm sorry for your encounter with what was so-called to be a church if they have mishandled, abused, or manipulated you. But personally, I would not be where I am today without the church. I was too... um, I was in a situation in my life where I was struggling with connecting. And where I ran to was the church. I was struggling with my mental fortitude, let's say, with depression, anxiety, things of that sort. And and where I ran to was the church. See, there was a point in my life where I didn't have a relationship with God. That, that I don't want to say my relationship with God wasn't strong. Because my relationship with God wasn't strong, I still ran to the church. And I was under the covering of men of God that, that, were, that were willing to take me and disciple me and help me and reestablish me and 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 restore me to the place that I once was, and even better. The church is not meant to break, but it is meant to heal. 
The church is meant to be a place of hope. The church is meant to be a place where people with their wrongs, with their hurts, with their wounds can come and be restored to the love of Jesus Christ. The church is meant for you and the church is meant for me. The church is meant to be the servant as you are the one that they're serving. And I don't want you to think that the church doesn't care about you. Because the church is here for you. The church is here for you. And you may not feel like priority, but I can guarantee you, the Lord and Jesus Christ have you prioritized. There is a reason that God ordained and appointed shepherds, pastors, leaders, and churches Because they are here to serve you. And I'm sorry if you felt like it was the other way around. I'm sorry if it feels like the pastor has it easy. I'm sorry if anyone has mishandled their authority in your life. But I guarantee you, behind the fold of leadership, behind the curtain, there are things going on in people's lives who are in leadership that would cause others or cause us as sheep to crumble. The Bible talks about, in John 21, Jesus talking to Peter. He said, Peter, do you love me? Well, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Then feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Then take care of my sheep. For when you were young, you dressed yourself and did what you wanted. But now that you are old, One will dress you and take you to places that you do not want to go. This is referring to the leadership of the church. That is that if you are clothed by the spirit of God, then where you want to go is a destination where you do not want to go. Where you want to go is a place of, of, of comfort, but willingness to be uncomfortable. Where you want to go is, in, is a wilderness because you know that when you come out of that wilderness, you will be better for it. Where you want to go or don't want to go is a place of the storm because on the other side of the storm, there's a person that is in need that you need to help. Where you want to go, it will be in a line with where you do not want to go because where you do not want to go will bring hardships on on you. But to benefit someone else, Christianity is 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 a struggle between accepting Jesus in our life and and the willingness to allow Jesus to lead us or the willingness to allow our flesh to lead us. And what our flesh today will say is that I don't want to get up. And, man, it's too much work to serve at the church. Man, I don't want to get out of bed at 7 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, because then I'm going to have to do a bunch of stuff and I'm just not ready for it. But on the other side, there will be someone that gives their life today and will have that encounter with God for their very first time by you saying yes to getting up a little earlier than you normally would. Someone can have an encounter with God. And I need you to remember the first time that you had an encounter at a church. 
first time that you had an encounter at the altar, some first time that you had a struggle and, and God's miraculous power came through a pastor, came through a leader, came through someone who prayed for you, and then you were transformed at that altar. Because that could happen today, or that could happen um, on a Sunday. That could happen on whenever you have church, if you just say yes. Once we get past Jesus' life, you'll see in the book of Acts how the church has been structured. There is a time where, where Paul and Barnabas come to Jerusalem to ask the question to leaders of the church in Jerusalem. They ask to the apostles, should we make the Gentiles get circumcised if they're converting? And so there's much argument between the elders, the apostles, and the leaders of the church of Jerusalem. There's much argument going back and forth. Yeah, they got to be circumcised. No, they don't got to be circumcised. And I just picture, like, I don't know why, um, just this long table and just people bickering back and forth that are dressed up as uh, the people that look in the chosen. That's what I, they got, like, these robes on. <laughs> They're just yelling. Uh, never mind. Anyways. <laughs> um, and so Peter answers and says, no, they don't have to be circumcised and they keep arguing back and forth. And there's this one moment where one man stands up and he says, no, they don't have to be circumcised. And after that, there was no more arguing. Paul and Barnabas left. Why? Was because everyone in that room, everyone that was having that argument understood the the meaning of authority. And so who who who's this man that you're you're saying it, it it's got to be Jesus, right? Well, no, this is Acts cuz Jesus Jesus already ascended. This got to be Peter, right? Cuz he was the, the pastor, he's the preacher on the day of Pentecost and he's it's got to be him. Nope. He wasn't the pastor of Jerusalem's church was James. And because he stood up and was the one to stand up, they honored his authority. And so this shows the church having a pastor. This shows the authority of the church in the New Testament. There are countless times in the New Testament when it talks about people that have been appointed as leaders and have certain authorities. And I'm not here saying that you just need to be established in a church, but I'm saying you need to be established in the church. And the only way for you to be established in the church is to serve as Christ served. And I'm not saying doing, doing you know, scrubbing the toilets. But I'm saying scrubbing the toilets. Does that make sense? The, I'm not saying doing the action of it, but the intention of it to be scrubbing the toilets. With the willingness in your heart, with the love in your heart as you're doing this action that you may not want to do. Because when you get older, as that verse said, you will go places that you do not want to go. But because you scrub that toilet, somebody, a newcomer that comes in to use it, whatever, 
first time visitor, whatever. They're going to use that toilet. I don't want to see no stains on the toilet. If I'm first time, I'm looking at the stains. And I'm like, oh, I'm out of here. This is not my place. This is not my place of worship. <laughs> but you're going to do scrub those toilets because you love God and because you love people. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me, God. And so there's a story in the Bible in Genesis 28, and I'm going to end after this. Um. Genesis 28, it talks about Jacob resting his head on a rock and he has this vision in, in, in a dream where God is over him and, and angels are ascending and descending on this ladder. And he comes out of this dream and he he builds up a pillar and he pours oil on it and he calls it Bethel. And so face value, you don't really see significance in in this other than the fact that he had this awesome vision. But Bethel means the house of God. He rested his head on this rock. Come on, somebody. I know somebody's trying to connect the dots right now. But when your head is rested on the rock, mm. the Lord is so good. The rock is that firm foundation. The rock that has that is that is the head is resting on is Jesus Christ. And so he built up from Jesus Christ. Let's just say that he's building up from Jesus Christ these little rocks as a pillar, and he's pouring the oil, the anointing oil. Because when you have a pillar that is being built up by little rocks and with the firm foundation of the head of the church. You are pouring, you are allowing the oil to flow. And then you have an encounter with God and making a covenant with God. Saying, Lord, whatever you call me to do, I'll do. Wherever you tell me to go, I'll go. But I promise that I will love you all the days of my life. The Bible says for you extra spiritual people that he gave his tithe <laughs> at that place, the place of Bethel. So not only did he worship there, not only was there awareness of God there, not only was there a covenant of God there, he gave a tithe. Amen, somebody. We're going to have to get into a, a tithing message sometime in this podcast. Um because we need Jesus in our finances, amen? But, so that's that's the end of this episode of Relentless Pursuit. I thank you all for supporting the podcast. It means so much to me. Um, but I can help continue to, to build the podcast by sharing. Um, we we, we want to reach out to you, and we want to reach out to, to, to the people around you. We don't just believe that this is a podcast for um, a specific people we believe that this is for the world for god so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life and we're believing that the eternal life can be found today and so all you have to do is share 
So I thank you for your support. Like, share, subscribe. And we are believing for God to move like he always does. In Jesus' name. See you guys.